1: Jeff from the Fantasy Doctors, and this is the Fantasy Doctors podcast. I've been telling you since our very first show that this is the podcast to subscribe to. We have two board-certified physicians. We break down these injuries. We give you accurate, accurate timetables for their recovery. There's no show like it on the web. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and please, we ask you to leave a review. We appreciate any feedback you give us. We want to make this show the best we can. Uh, with me, as always, is my partner. He's a Duke professor. He's an orthopedic surgeon. He is the fantasy doctor. His name is Dr. Celan Pregg. Dr. Preg, how you doing?
2: I'm good, man. How are you?
1: Doing good. we got a short show tonight. There's not a lot of injuries to speak about, but uh, there's some big names.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As, as always, unfortunately, this is a year of really big names going down.
1: Yeah, we've been extremely busy at the Fantasy Doctors not only with NFL injuries and we'll go over a lot of those tonight but obviously last night in the NBA too with Gordon Hayward uh suffering that brutal leg injury.
2: So uh Yeah, what a yeah, what was, a uh, crazy injury, huh? That that video, it, you know, Jesse and I being physicians, we see this kind of craziness come through our our clinics and through the trauma bays, but for the casual fan last night was was gruesome. Yeah, that was nasty.
1: Very nasty. Yeah, it's uh we wish him all the best. I was anxious to see him play in Boston this year, so hopefully he can be yeah, back so at some you. point this year. Yeah, well, uh joining us as always, he is also a board certified physician. Uh his name is Dr. Jesse Morris. Dr. Morris, what's up? Hey, how are we? Hey, Doing Jesse. good. Doing good. How are yeah, you we have I'm just going to I run run down this as long as my papers keep winning. <laughs> well, your Red Sox didn't fare right. as well. Ceiling, what about your Yankees? Hey, Tano, all Tano. I got to say
2: is my Yankees, baby, leading leading the series three to two. I can't they know. are alive. They are believing. I am believing. It's like the Polar just Express. You me. just got to believe. T- Tanaka, look.
1: Tanaka was lights out tonight, wasn't he? I mean, that team looks like they're – I mean, that the Dodgers look equally as good.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I still I I, don't think, know you know, I I think when you have a young team and they start believing in what they can do, um, it's amazing. And the pitching suddenly for the Yankees is coming together. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, if it can get to they're the bullpen
2: the for the Yankees,
1: yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you turn back the clock, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it can get to the bullpen though, their money. I mean, their back end is yeah. so so solid. Yeah, All right, they're, enough they're, about they're, baseball, guys, huh? Yeah. En- enough let's about in people. It. Let's get let's into the Yeah, let's get it. Well, let's start off with you know one of the biggest names in the game, and that's Aaron Rodgers, who has that broken clavicle and underwent surgery. Doctor Preck, for just give our listeners, I'm sh- you know there's been a lot of information on the internet, you know, as to how much time he's going to miss. Uh, yep. We did a video on it at the Tennessee doctor. Just give our listeners uh, a rundown of your expectations for Rodgers and his recovery.
2: Yeah, so he got a broken collarbone, typically doesn't need surgery. The fact that they wanted to operate on him tells me one of two things. Either, number one, there was a lot of separation of the fragments of the bone, so that required surgery, or number two, it's out further towards the joint where the point of your shoulder is and needed surgery. In either case, that puts the timeline about eight to ten weeks for him to return to play, which means he's knocked out the regular season. If the Packers can make it deep into the playoffs, you will see Rodgers return. Otherwise, he's done for the season.
1: And that's interesting because that's what I want to talk about with you, Jesse. What? How does this – obviously, he's the best quarterback in the game, arguably, uh, next to your quarterback for the Patriots. They're both, you know, two of the best in the game. Well, How does this impact – it's obviously a lot of fallout for the Packers in terms of fantasy with Brett Hundley now becoming the guy for the Packers. What's this do to the fantasy stock in, you know – for the Packers, what's it do to Jordy Nelson and Martellus Bennett hasn't done squat this year, but what's it do there in terms of fantasy? Oh,
3: yeah. I mean, so the good news is that Hunley has been kind of been nurtured for the past couple of years, so he kind of knows his way around the offense. Um, overall, you can look at the distribution target splits after Hunley came in to kind of give us an idea of what to expect and every all the receivers as far as we know were relatively healthy enough so that this should be a pretty accurate representation. Adams got 30% of the target share. Uh Nelson got 26%, the running backs Jones and Montgomery got 20%, Cobb got 8% and Bennett got 3. So, uh, Nelson and 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 Adams as expected got the basically over half the workload. Um my suspicion is uh, that he won't be Aaron Rodgers, like which is not obviously surprising, but he'll be serviceable, but not someone you want to start unless it's like a a tournament or a value play, something like that. Um, this week they're playing in Green Bay at one o'clock on Sunday versus the Saints. Um, I think you know it could be a, potentially be a shootout, but we'll see. I mean, the Saints just put up some monster numbers, but they're a different team at home. Um, personally, I would avoid him. I wouldn't even pick upon on the waiver wire um but uh i saw one other thing uh Hunley was is basically a uh when you compare his statistics uh in college he's basically the equivalent of tyrod taylor but a better passer just so just think of it that way and he has much better opportunity yeah yeah whole, fact, i mean it remains to be
1: seen but yeah in fact uh, fdx at the Fantasy Doctors Analytics is pretty high on Jordy Nelson this week. He's our seventh-ranked wide receiver with an FDX of 93.25, and we're projecting 16, just over 16 points. So now, of course, this can change throughout the week, and in all likelihood it will, but FDX is certainly not stingy on Jordy Nelson this week uh, with Nick Hummer Well, there. you know, and,
2: and to be honest, I don't think there was a reason to be stingy because Jordy Nelson showed yeah. that – last week he showed that, you know, his hamstring is not really the issue, and number two – He's still, the, you know, probably one of the primary go-to receivers on that team. So um, I, I tend to agree with our FDX scoring on him.
1: Yeah, you got to throw it to somebody, right? And why not yeah. throw it to the best guy you have? Although Devontae Adams has been arguably the best receiver in that, you know, on that team this year. Although he's, you know, Jordy Nelson is no slouch either. Let's move on, guys. Let's talk about uh, Jameis Winston, who has that AC sprain, Dr. Preck. He had a limited practice today. Uh yeah. looks like he may be trending in the right direction. What's your thoughts with Jameis Winston, and can you set the fantasy owners at ease? You know, Do you think he'll suit up this weekend?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a game-time decision, but I expect him to play this weekend. He has a sprain of the AC joint, which is kind of the tip of his shoulder, and it's a mild type. So even, you know, even though it's his throwing shoulder, this is all about pain. And the nice thing about the AC joint is that it's a joint, which means you can inject some steroids and some numbing medicine in it. Even you can even do it hours before the game, which means he should be able to play. But look for the final decision to happen probably, you know, right around game time. Well, that's
1: good news. Yeah, and Jesse Ryan Fitzpatrick came in in his place and threw to my Mike Evans. So I was, you know, it looked like Jameis Winston has just kind of was in. This lull, you know, and Ryan Fitzpatrick found him in the end zone, uh, saved Evans fantasy day with Winston, you know, in all likelihood, it sounds like playing this weekend. Do you see, do you see him looking towards Braid still Evans? What, or do you think his struggles continue in week seven?
3: No, so I, I mean, I think uh, so. There's a one kind of tidbit we need to make note of for Evans' last game. Patrick Peterson was on him most of the game, and then Patrick Peterson went down with a quad
1: injury, got hurt, yeah. which
3: then lost that shutdown corner and made Evans
1: available again.
3: So both Evans had a decent day, um uh, D. Jacks had a decent day, and Braid had a fantastic yeah, he did. day. So killed yeah, um, me. But uh, so. Winston, they're they're playing in Buffalo at Sunday at one. I'm calling it a grade one shoulder sprain. Um, I just wrote a recent article if you want to know what a shoulder sprain is to kind of give you an idea. But I expect him to play this week. He, uh, how successful he's going to be, I don't know. But we saw Fitzpatrick is going to be has the potential to be successful, and he's going back to his old stomping grounds. Um, FDX is kind of in the middle of the road on him this week, about a 44 with projected about 12 points. Um,
1: Not real good. So, but
3: I do like Evans this week. I think he has a potential to have a, a very good, um, uh, a very good week, uh, and, and a day on Sunday and great. I think he's definitely a top 10, maybe a more reliable top five, uh, tight end until proven otherwise. So, um, while I wouldn't start Winston in any leagues this week, uh, either even a uh, flyer in a tournament, I wouldn't start him on, but I would consider definitely start Evans. And, um, uh, and, and maybe and definitely great as well. Yeah, and maybe D Jacks. Yeah. I'm on the fence about.
1: Yeah, and for our listeners, uh, Jesse alluded to it. He wrote an article today that's on thefantasydoctors.com Com where he really goes into detail about the different types of AC joint sprains and um, really goes into a lot of detail. And you can go check that out on thefantasydoctors.com. Com. Let's move on, guys. Let's. This is a, a very interesting one for me, and that's Sam Bradford, Doctor Preck, who's got this knee injury it's sorry. i mean i really want you to break down what's going on with sam bradford i mean it was it was diagnosed as having a bruise and he's having some blood like it's like a almost like a prp uh, uh treatment it's yeah. not prp but it's something similar uh what's going on right. with bradford
2: so let's talk about you know the issues here with, with sam bradford you know he's got uh multiple Uh, knee knee, uh, surgeries. He had uh, an ACL that was reconstructed, and then he's got this bone bruising this season that's keeping him out. And lastly, we start hearing that, wait a minute, there might be a lot more going on with Sam Bradford's knee, and maybe this is really more arthritis going on, and that it's actually just the normal breaking down of the joints, especially that we see in athletes. So he underwent a procedure called Genikine. It's basically where it's similar to PRP where you go in, Uh, with a a needle into a athlete's vein, you suck out blood. The difference, though, is with PRP, you just spin down and and isolate the platelets and you re-inject them into the area of concern at very high concentrations. The difference with Genokine, which is what Sam Bradford had, is they actually heat up the blood, in theory, allowing it to release even more growth factors so that it can be even more effective. And this is kind of what we call regenerative medicine, and it's very experimental, and you can't get genocide done in the U.S. You have to leave America to get it done. Um, but, you know, you know, talking about baseball, you know, CeCe Sabathia had something similar, and he's playing, and a and had something similar, and he's playing, or, he, you know, he was playing afterwards. So there may be something to this, but I'll tell you that from my perspective, I think the impending emergence of Teddy Bridgewater back on the playing field is what what probably is going to happen, and Sam Bradford may end up not playing this entire season.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, is this is his career threatened by this, Dr. Breck?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. If this knee cannot settle down and they can't get this uh, get him over the hump where he feels comfortable being able to run and jump and pivot on it, his career is done
1: I mean, it's what a shame. And, you know, Jesse, I want to talk, Dr. Preck hit on Teddy Bridgewater's practicing. Uh, he was running with the first team offense. He's not expected expected to play this weekend, but what's the, the you know, the the return of Teddy Bridgewater due to that offense, not this weekend, in all likelihood to be Case Keenum this weekend, but what's it do in Minnesota? Uh, obviously, uh, and we're going to touch on Stefan Diggs in a little bit, but Thielen has been a target monster. What's the uh, fallout for the Vikings once Bridgewater comes back?
3: I mean, I th- I like Bridgewater. I mean, he's still only 24. you got to remember that. I mean, yeah, he's got much more upside than Keenum. He's got, um, I mean, he suffered a really brutal knee look dislocation, which usually means you tear multiple knee ligaments. Um, which is really very very challenging to return from, which is why he's taken so long. So if I, I expect him actually to come back, probably maybe in a month's time, maybe before Andrew Luck. But um, but uh, I don't really know what remains to be seen. Um, he he's a pretty good passer. I mean, in 14 and 15, he was about 65%. He threw for almost 3,000 yards one season, 3,200 the next about 7.2 yards per attempt, um, 14 in a, uh, TDs in, 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 in each season. So, um, And he has a little bit of running ability. Whether he'll continue to do that, I don't know. But um, I think he, he has better upside than Keenum. Uh, Bradford, unfortunately, is what he is. And whether or not the Con kind of works, um, we don't know. We'll see. But I think um, Bridgewater will be the face of this offense uh, by a month's time. Uh, as long as his knee is cooperating.
2: Yeah, I, I think, yeah, Jesse, you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, um, within a month is what I see him coming back at. Um, he's had a long road, had a dislocation of the knee, but he's fitting the timeline that we normally see. In fact, I think he's probably a little accelerated. Uh, but if you watch the video, he actually looks like he's nimble. He looks like he's getting the comfort back into that knee. So I think middle to late November is when we're going to see him.
1: Yeah, you hit on it, uh, Dr. Preka. He's getting rave reviews in practice by his teammates, the and the beat writers there. That he looks pretty good in practice, so uh, his return is eminent, and it should just uh, inject some life into that Vikings offense. Let's move on, guys. Let's do our weekly check-in, and there was breaking news today, which makes this even more critical, and that's uh, do our check-in on Andrew Lutt, Dr. Breck, and his shoulder. Right. Now, he <laughs> suffered a setback, right? I mean, this is a real setback.
2: So, yes, he had a setback, and everybody should calm down. It's it's normal to have a little bit of a setback after you start really practicing, after a labral tear, and maybe even a question of a cuff tear. We saw Cam have this a little bit as well in the preseason. And remember, Andrew Luck's not in the preseason now, so everything gets magnified. Everybody's waiting for him, so everybody gets more excited about this. Bottom line is he had a steroid injection. They're trying to calm it down. I'm not worried about it yet, and I know everybody keeps hearing me say that every week. Not worried medically, but here's my big but. If you don't see him back, you know, they're going to shut him down for a week. If you don't see him back practicing after that week, now I start getting worried that there's more going on. But for now, as of today, I'm not worried yet.
1: Oh man, I, well, Jacoby Brissett, Jesse's been decent. I, he's he's been pretty serviceable. I mean, he, he had he, he had a drop pass in the end zone last weekend. Um, he, he actually has been pretty decent. What's the You know, the Colts players, the position players, and the players that are compelling in terms of fantasy have been just inconsistent like crazy. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle was throwing – every, or I'm sorry, dropping everything that was thrown to him last weekend. How do you see this Colts offense um, continuing? And is anybody on that team fantasy relevant at this point? So this week,
3: no – uh, because they're playing Jackson Mood, who has a legit passing defense to shut down corners, uh, I want nothing to do with Brissette. Uh I have to start Hilton just because of his upside, unless you have a better option. Uh, but I'm not playing him in, in, in DFS. Uh, Gore remains a good play, especially with Turban is done for the season with that. I think it was an elbow dislocation. Mac, I think is uh, he looks awesome, but they don't want to really run him.
1: Gore's gonna to get you to eight points. Well, that's so, He's like,
3: uh, see, you count on it. I don't. Look at
1: I'm, it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding. Uh, I'm
3: avoiding in the offense. Maybe Gore a good play this week, but that's it until remains to I did pick up Doyle, hoping that he, uh, he, he looks, he kind of does better as when luck comes back. But I don't expect luck yeah. back to Thanksgiving, yeah. unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Doyle looked horrible uh, in last week's game. He was. He had a little bit of the Amani uh, or the Amari Cooper going on <laughs> where he's had stone hands. Yep. And it was a rough, rough day. Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's move on guys. Let's uh, we have one running back to talk about tonight. And that is Leonard Fournette. Who's arguably the, you know, the rookie of the year uh, suffered an ankle injury. Dr. Preck, what do you make of this injury? Didn't practice today. Uh, he was cleared to return to that game last week when he hurt his ankle, although they, you know, opted to play it safe. What's your thoughts on Fournette this weekend?
2: You know, obviously he's got a history back in college where he's injured the ankle and, and that's a concern. And then he, he has what looks like a, you know, a really bad knee injury when you watch the video, but it turns out to be his ankle. You see his ankle actually uh, take, a, especially the back part of the ankle take a big blow. Um, and I, I know that they've said that he could have played, but I'm not sure that that's, I, I just think that they're just giving us, you know, fluff. I don't know he, he necessarily could have played, especially when we're seeing him miss, so much practice. So I, I'm a little concerned about him playing this Sunday. Um, we are hearing that he should be able to play, and I get it. But I think it's going to be a day-to-day evaluation, and if he's good to go, obviously he'll go. But uh, uh, the fact that yeah. he is still not practicing has me concerned.
1: Yeah, and th- this is something that any fantasy owner should monitor throughout the week in the practice updates, and you know what he does as we get a little further on into the week, Jesse you know, if Fournette is to miss week seven, is Chris Ivory a decent play maybe in DFS? Definitely.
3: Uh, I almost contemplated picking him up to stream him on one of my teams that I have a couple guys on by or bad matchups. Um, Fournette is a beast. I mean, no, I don't think he He could have went back in. I thought he did a lot worse than he did. Um, But he has a touchdown in all six games. He's the number two yards per game besides Hunt, behind Hunt. Um FDF loves him this week at twenty-two and a half points, the number six running back with a score of just about ninety-five, which is pretty much as high as you can get. But yep. if he continues to not practice, they may because he's so important to the team, they may hold him out and think they can beat Indy without them, without him. Then Ivory becomes a very good play. Bortles is also a good play this week. Uh, kind of a sneaky value play um, where you're looking at Hearns and Lee Lewis and maybe not I'm not kind of on the fence about but uh, Ivory definitely a go if Fournette is not in
1: yeah yeah I think I, I agree 100% if Fournette sits Ivory is a sneaky play in DFS and, and I'll be looking his way for sure let's move on fellas let's go to we have a pretty good group of wide receivers to discuss the first one being Emmanuel Sanders. Dr. Preck who suffered that ankle injury, uh, he is, it looks like he's going to miss week seven, and possibly this is a high ankle sprain, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, the, Bron- I mean, the Broncos were the giants of, of week uh, five. It was kind of crazy to watch what was going on with the Broncos. But, um, yeah, he's, he's going to be likely out. It is a high ankle sprain from what I saw and what I'm hearing, two to four weeks to return to play. Um, so I don't – even if he were to play, he won't be effective. I mean, you see how players like OBJ tried to get out there and just wasn't effective with the first game back. Um, so if Emmanuel Sanders tries to get back there early and tries to rush this, he just isn't going to be effective. So I think they'll sit him this week. Maybe we see him back in the gate.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate for that offense that's been struggling of late. Uh, Trevor Simeon came out of the gate on fire, Jesse. He you got to believe Demarius Thomas has been showing some signs of life, though, and if Sanders sits, Thomas is going to be a good play.
3: Oh, yeah, top 20 uh, wide receiver this week. Uh, pulled off a top, I want to say it was almost top five performance last week. Um, surprisingly, he was number three last week with just over 25 drafting points, uh, PPR, um, and we had him nowhere up. No one expected him, but... After Sanders went down on torture, they and they just had a good rapport. Um, also, be on the lookout for Benny Fowler. Right, their wide receiver three, and he will pick up a lot of the slack. Um, Anderson also has a good matchup this week, and this is at um, the Chargers' beautiful small stadium, pun intended. Um, uh, late in the afternoon, <laughs> on uh, four o'clock on Sunday. So I don't expect Sanders for a couple weeks. Um, if you have Thomas, keep him. If you want to go try to pick him up, he, he should have a, a great um, uh, next couple of games without looking at their schedule.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Benny Fowler. He tore it up in week one this year, scored uh, just over 14 points. So he's he's been pretty reliable. And, you know, Simeon seems to be looking his way in the red zone at times. So could be a really sneaky play there in Denver. Let's talk we, – we discussed earlier Jameis Winston with that AC joint sprain, Dr. Preck. Uh, Golden Tate has suffered the same injury. However, he's expected to miss a few weeks. Can you just yeah. go into detail a little bit about this injury and why Golden Tate's going to miss more time than than Winston?
2: Yeah, so Jesse did a great job in this long article putting it together and explaining the differences in the degrees of a sprain. It sounds like Golden Tate's is more of a 2 grade two, which puts him out two to four weeks. And for a receiver who's constantly trying to reach up and, and, and catch balls and take sh- takes hits to the shoulder and, and then gets pounded and grounded into the shoulder, having a sprained AC is much different as a grade two, as a wide receiver, than a grade one James Winston shoulder quarterback injury. So uh, two to four weeks for him to return to play. Yes, it's a pain issue, but you've got to be cautious with him only because of the receivers he's at much more risk to re-injure or re-aggravate this, this shoulder.
1: Yeah, that's going to be – they're going to miss him there, Jesse, because they're already – you know, Kenny uh, Galladay has been dealing with that hamstring injury. What's this do to that Lions defense? Now, obviously, they're on a bye this week, so – you know, he's got a little bit of time to recover. Uh, what's this do? If he is to miss time, what's the the implications there for the Lions?
3: I mean, I think uh, Jones becomes a much bigger threat like he did last week. Um, Abdullah might get a little more looks. Um, I want nothing to do with Ebron. He's like in a black hole for me. Fells has much more upside, which is, Kind of funny because you would never think Darren fells had more upside than Ebron, but he does he's caught three <laughs> touchdowns in the past two weeks, um but he, they got this week off and then they play Sunday night football next week uh in Pittsburgh uh, versus pittsburgh um so uh, if he's back next week, you have to kind of start him if I uh, my suspicions he'll probably be out one more week um and then the following week he'll be back in week nine um but um yeah. It's uh, it's uh, they haven't really, released the, the results of the MRI yet. So it remains to be seen how severe, whether one, two, or three, just to keep it simple, um, the uh, severity of it is.
1: Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From
0: two to five p.m., double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time of only
1: between two and five p.m. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. Hardy's happy hour isn't your average happy hour. From two to five PM, double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled broiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time of only between two and five PM. Price and participation may vary, tax not included. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. he does got a little bit more time to recover, so we'll look to see if we'll check the Practice reports and next week, and see how he's doing in his recovery. Let's move on, guys. We want let's talk about Devonte Parker. This is he's didn't practice today, Doctor Preck. He's got that ankle injury. Uh, looks to be trending in the wrong direction. What's your what's your thoughts for Devonte Parker, who has seemingly has all the talent in the world, but has struggled and struggled with injuries?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen. Just like we talked about high ankle sprains for Emmanuel Sanders, same same thing here. You know, he hasn't uh, practiced much in the last two weeks at all. Um, and so I, I think two to four weeks is his return to play, which means he misses this week. Um, and then we'll see how next week goes. But it will be a day-to-day uh, evaluation on him and uh, two to four weeks of his timeline. It, it, you know, right after week five's injury, he was spotted with crutches and a boot, wasn't really putting a lot of weight on it. To me, this high ankle sprain. We have not gotten a lot of insight on in what the MRI showed, but I think this is playing out like, like a high ankle sprain.
1: Yeah, that's uh, this to me, Jesse. Just Jarvis Landry. I'm all over Jarvis Landry. He the last two weeks he's been on. He's been very productive in the fantasy game. Week five scored a little over ten points, and week six a little over twelve points. Uh, you see that continuing in week seven. So Jay Cutler decided to wake up this week,
3: and despite him looking kind of awful, I watched this game with one of my Miami buddies who was. Uh, yelling at the TV and happy at the same time. Uh, and unfortunately, I think Parker misses this week, um, which boosts uh, Landry's value even more, which is like it's on a rocket upward. Uh, Ajay has a nice matchup again this week. They are in uh, facing the Jets in Miami Sunday afternoon. Uh, Cutler has a little sneaky value. I don't know if I've him yet. Um, but, I mean, Landry went eight. Of 14 targets for 62 yards and a touchdown. He has, and he had three drops, um, and then 38 catches already through five games. He is on pace for 182 targets. For reference, wow. last year, Mike Evans led the league with 173. He's on pace for yeah. 122 receptions. Last year, Fitzgerald led the league with 107. So if he keeps up these numbers, that's monstrous I have him in a couple leagues anticipating this keep him do not trade him um he will continue to be bananas he's just like he's like Edelman but even higher
1: in terms of uh, volume yeah it's PPR monster he's he has a very good SDX this week of 75 uh he's pretty you know 6800 dollars on DraftKings could be a good play there for the DFS players Let's move on, guys. Let's talk about Stefan Diggs, who's got this groin injury. Didn't practice today, Dr. Preck. We obviously, you know, he's also trending in the wrong direction, it it seems. Do you see him suiting up this weekend, or is he going to sit this weekend?
2: Yeah, you know, the the thing about the groin injury is that you have to be conservative with these. You've got to give it time to heal, otherwise, it continues to get re aggravated. And every time that happens, you're looking at more lost time. So, again, you know, it's, it seems like this week we're talking about two to four weeks is kind of the the, the motto we're going by And is to stay with Stefan Diggs as well. He'll be a game-time decision. But, obviously, if he doesn't practice Thursday, Friday, start worrying that he doesn't play and start looking for subs for him.
1: Yeah, and Adam Thielen, Jesse, is, you know, he went nine for 97 last week. He's going to continue to see a lot of targets there. In the absence of Stefan Diggs or even, you know, to a lesser degree when Diggs does rejoin the team. But the guy I want to talk about, FDX is all over Kyle Rudolph this week. He's our second rank tight oh, yeah. end. Just un- just under Ertz with a ninety-five FDX score. Uh, what's your thoughts on Kyle Rudolph? Are you as high on him as FDX is? I am. I have some nice pearls for this
3: game. Uh I need Diggs to play. Because I have him in, like, every league, but I don't think he will. And if he does, he won't be very effective, which scares me even more.
1: And then start and he won't do anything.
3: The targets when Diggs is injured and not playing. Cleveland averages 8.3 targets per game. Rudolph, 9.5. This week, they're playing in Minnesota versus Baltimore at 1 o'clock. Thielen will be up against Ladarius Webb, who has allowed the most yards per snap. From the slot, and he has a sixty eight percent catch rate that's fantastic, but overall the rest of the Baltimore secondary has a very good very good they're very good um additionally McKinnon, who's looked fantastic um has oh, yes. a great matchup only if Williams is out. if Williams is back in, he's very important to their run defense and um and i i'm I'll be much less um much less on on mckinnon than i would be if he was out but i would definitely start feeling this week i would definitely start rudolph this week and i'll consider starting mckinnon depending
1: on whether or not williams is playing great stuff right there yeah great stuff i'm also i think rudolph is primed for a big game there um let's move on guys i want to just very briefly talk about jeremy macklin dr brett because he's got this shoulder injury now he was practicing today he's on track to play do you have any worries with jeremy macklin
2: no, I think he's good to go. I think he'll play and uh, should perform. Okay,
1: well we uh, we're gonna leave that right there. We're gonna just move on to the next one because I'm a little anxious to talk about this guy because I'm excited about him. I picked him up in a bunch of leagues, and that is Sterling Shepard, who is continues to recover from that ankle injury. I had a limited practice today, Dr. Preka. Uh, do you see him finally suiting up this weekend or is he We're really going to have to monitor the practice reports uh, later on in the week?
2: I monitor those practice reports later in the week. You know, again, th- this was two weeks ago where the Giants uh, receiving core got crushed. Um, the nice thing about Shepard when he comes back is he will be the leading target, right? Without Marshall yep. and OBJ, you're really looking at Shepard. He's going to get a lot of throws to him and he's got a chance to really shine. So, um, that's a great thing from a fantasy perspective. I would be cautious this week. Make sure you monitor the injury reports. Likely it's a game time decision. To me, based on the watch, watching the video and, and hearing what the MRI showed, I would still be hesitant that he plays this week. And even yeah. if he does, I just don't think he'll be very effective. But look for week eight to be a, a good week for him.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I picked him up, Jesse, merely as a stash. I was looking... Uh, ahead, And, you know, the Giants have been showing a little signs of life. And, you know, outside of Evan Ingram, who uh, Manning was looking to a lot, and Evan Ingram looked fantastic. But as Sterling Shepard gets healthy, he's only 62% owned in ESPN. Uh, I'm all over him. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, between Shepard, and I'm not 100%
3: sure he's going to come back this week, but he has a very good chance to. It's a late game, later game. Um, Seattle's coming to town. Um, He will be instantly the number one wide receiver with Lewis coming in as the number two. Um, Ingram, who went bananas last week um, and almost won me a GPP tournament. I think I finished eighth and I was only 10 points off because of Ingram's really good game. Um, Ingram uh, had 37% of the Giants' targets Last week and 62% of what we call air yards. That's crazy. So he's top five, uh, rival or sorry, tight end the rest of the year. Um, I also, um, like Darkwa this week as as a nice kind of, uh, sneaky
1: running back as well. Yeah, I was that was interesting last week, wasn't it, with Orleans Darkwa? I was, you know, I was all over Wayne Gallman to just. As a guy that, you know, I just stashed on my bench thinking he would emerge. But with, you know, the new play caller, you know, a new play caller for the Giants, they obviously leaned on that run and leaned on Darqua. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I mentioned the nature of the beast. He, uh, uh, I thought the Giants were dead in the water, but go figure, they come back to life. I can't explain it. That's why they play the game
1: yeah
2: well you know that's what giants do right this is the giants classically they just come back to life (laughs) yeah
1: you know uh eli manning looked like hot trash to start the year man but he's been having glimpses not that he's setting the world on fire by any stretch he's not a guy that's going to win your fantasy championship by a long shot but you know he has glimpses where he has good games and That dark web last week was certainly a surprise for me. That's it for injuries, guys. Uh, Pretty short list this week. Jesse, just give us a few uh, players per position that you're high on uh, for week seven, according to FDX and FDX uh, from the Fantasy Doctors Analytics.
3: I'm going to start spitting off a bunch of names, uh, just who I like this week. Brady, Prescott, Cam Newton, Breeze, Wentz. Uh, for value plays, I like Wentz and Cousins. For punts, which is really just cheap as you can get, um, Bortles and Tyrod. For running backs, I like Gurley, Hunt, Elliott, uh, while he's still playing, Bell, Fournette, if he plays, and Gordon. Um, I do like Freeman uh, versus my Patriots. Uh, Gore as a value play, uh, Duke, Mixon, and Buck Allen, and then a punt, a Darqua. Uh, For wide receivers, I like Fitzgerald again. He's ranked number one for a reason. Evans, as I mentioned earlier, Green, Funchess, and Hogan in New England. He has a rib injury, but I think he'll be okay, or at least that's what it looked like. Um, Value plays again, uh, like we mentioned last week, and he hit. hit, um, Wallace, Funchess, Curley, and Decker. And then for a punt, uh, Wright, the wide receiver in Chicago. And then finally, the tight ends, Ertz, Rudolph, Gronk. Uh, Safari Jenkins. Uh, then for value, I, I like Henry, Croft, um, and, uh, Zach Miller, who the rookie's been looking at. And then punts, I like Gresham and Mercedes Lewis if, you, if you're if you kind of struggling and you want to throw somebody out. That's what I, that's all I have.
1: That's good stuff, man. I brought up Jenkins. I'm still ticked off about that call because it cost me a win in one of my leagues. I had I Jimmy Graham was on a bye. I stuck in Jenkins. That reversal cost me a win. I was so ticked off. I'm still mad about it.
3: Yeah, I watched it. Uh, there was a there was a photo online after. Uh, in the middle of the catch, as he's coming down, you can see there's nothing around the ball. It's literally suspended in midair, like underneath his body. So it was a fumble. He landed out of bounds, which is why it was a touchback. Happy for my Patriots. But I was very oh, surprised when it happened. Homer. Oh, come on oh, that now.
1: Homer. They, Homer call <laughs> all the way
2: right there. <laughs> you got lucky oh, with that call.
1: Clear fumble. Jesse oh, disagrees yeah. with everybody else in America on this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's saying he's sticking to his, his, his theme, which I can commend that. But that's yeah, all I can hey, do. I can commend it. I don't agree with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's old yeller. He's he's loyal, like old yeller. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, this is a weekly show. Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, please go subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. We, we'd we appreciate any feedback you have for us whatsoever. We want to make this show as valuable and uh, to you as possible. We want to help out your fantasy teams. I just want to remind our listeners real quick that there's two more weeks. Of free access to the Fantasy Doctors Analytics. You hear us refer to the FDX score and FDVX score and our head to head projections and projected uh, value scores. That's all comes from the Fantasy Doctors com. And there's two more weeks free access. We encourage you to go over there, browse it. This is groundbreaking stuff. It's 100% data driven Uh, that doesn't rely on any suggestive bias. There's no experts. This is all what the data suggests. And you can get all that at the fantasydoctorsanalytics.com. And, in fact, our rankings outperformed ESPN this week on quarterbacks and running backs. So We're really excited about that. We look to keep refining these and making them better and better. We thank you for joining us. This is the Fantasy Doctors Podcast, and we'll see you
0: next time Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy
1: hour. From 2 to 5 p.m., double sliders are only a twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy Hour at Hardee's is a good call. Offer for a limited time at only between 2 and 5 p.m. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included.